The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm Sapphire Master. My pronouns are him, his, and he. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, what are we drinking today? So, let's backtrack just a tad. Okay. We went and tried Pilsners, which is a subset of lagers. Right. And we went with what we thought was traditional Pilsner from Czech, and we did all this, but Lo and behold, we find out we love the Bavarian Pilsner. Love it. I mean, it's fabulous. is great. Yeah. And the Carlsberg is great. Those are all go tos. But German Pilsner is incredible. Loved it. Yeah. It was awesome. So we decided we we did so good on that. Let's move on to. Well, I I think we should just say one thing. Yeah. Like the intention is to find the beers we want in our fridge. Right. And so we found the uh, the Pilsner that we love. Yeah. So now we're done on Pilsner. So now we're into IPAs. Well, and I think it's good too. Like what if they were out of the Bavarian? Right. We, we know then we can look for the Uruquel or the Carlsberg. Yeah. And we know we'll be happy. And we'd be happy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we decided to try uh, Indian I, Pale Ales or yeah, IPAs. Yeah. And, and there's, was, there's a shortage of those. There's not very many. No, no. It's totally <laughs> alive because... I went to Total Wine because I wanted to buy single beers. Yeah. And a lot of times IPAs also come in the extended tall beer yeah. bottles. Only because I have no idea. I know we like Pilsner, so yeah. that was easy. But I don't know if we're going to like whatever IPAs I pick out. Because quite literally, there were about three or 400 beers to choose from. Wow. In single beers. Not in wow. six packs, but wow. single beers that were local. And not seasonal, local, because there's a whole seasonal section of IPAs, too. And I was like, no, no, I'm just going to stick with this. And so I ended up going with uh, beers that had, um, they were rated on number systems, similar to what wine does, where you have a 90-point wine. So this is a 95-point draft IPA. It's Lagunitas Hop Stupid Ale. It's from California. It's an American Double Imperial IPA. It's 8% ABV. So it's kind of loaded. Yeah. All IPAs are, we're going to find this real quickly. Clear, brilliant golden color and aromas of citrus, citric hops and pine. That's the one thing that I was noting on label after label after label is, has an aroma of pine or a taste of pine, Interesting. Bitterness is assertive and upfront with plenty of fresh hops balanced by caramel malt, a long, pleasant IPA finish. It's supposed to be hoppy, citrusy, tropical, malty. And this is medium bodied. 
Okay. It's definitely a lovely mm. color. Oh, wow. I got the pine. Oh, wow. I get the citrus. And I got the citrus. Pine, I don't get so much. Pine readily at the front. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's nicely balanced. Yeah. It's pretty hoppy. Yeah. It's more hoppy than the Pilsner. And IPAs are going to be that way. Yeah. Their claim to fame is talking about how much hoppy mm-hmm. they have. You know, did yours get an ice ball in it? It did. <laughs> Well, it's not. It's pretty it's, cold. It's really from the glass itself. Yeah. No, I think it's good. I mean, we're going to have to drink a few of them to see how they stack up against each other. Yeah, the, I think we need to do the, the same thing, is, thing we're doing. Yeah, the thing is that if I went into a bar and this was what I was given to drink, I can drink this. It's not bad. No, no, I can drink yeah. this. And I think we'll taste them and go, yeah. is there an IPA? We might come across an IPA and go, whoa, this is super That's good. the one, right? That's the one. So yeah, okay, it'll be fun. And I also wanted to note... I was considering this when I thought thought about the hops. We had gone out to our scotch tasting. Yes. And we were like, ooh, Pete, we're not sure. Right. So I'm curious as, you know, our palates have developed overall. Yeah. So we might come across an IPA and go, oh, that's the one. That's the right blend of hops for us. Correct. So yeah, I, I, agree. I have faith that we're going to, out of three or 400 beers. Yeah, no, I've, listen, I've, I've been a beer drinker my whole life, and I've had beers that are very hoppy. And beers that aren't very hoppy. And at the very moment, I tend to like the non-hoppy lagers. That's right. what I like. But I've drunk my entire college experience with IPAs. Yeah, so, so this will be good. Yeah, it'll be this fun. This will be good. Really excited to have Emma Nichols back on the show today to talk about Pride. So, Emma, welcome to the conversation. Hi, and thank you for welcoming me. Thank you. <laughs> it's good to be back. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to hear your voice again. And, you know, Emma, one of the reasons that I invited you to talk with me a little bit today was because it's Pride Month here, at least in the United States. Maybe it is in England, too. And I'm just interested to know from your experiences as a gay woman who's grown up through this pretty amazing period of time from when being gay was really a taboo to now people are married and gay marriage is sort of part of the ethos. And so how how has all of this experience played for you as a gay woman? You know, I think it's a, it is an amazing question, actually, because I, I'm, I'm slightly older, I think, <laughs> um, than, than um, you know, when Pride first started, I was, I was a kid. And I think... And I was also in the military. You may remember, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but I was in the army. And so actually in my formative um, um, gay experiences, I was probably not even aware, in all honesty, that something like pride existed. Um, And I was also living in a very taboo environment in that sense. So, um, and I was also, I think, probably pretty naive coming from a, a, um, you know, fairly, fairly humble, simple background. Um, I was fortunate. I did not experience any um, anything negative, um, other than obviously it being taboo in the military, which was just, which was the same. You know, it, it was like that for everybody. Okay, so I didn't even think that was strange. All right. So you're talking from a, a, a mindset of really not knowing any different, um, and so I wasn't really, I didn't really become aware of pride or, or, or what pride really represented until quite some way down the line. And I haven't honestly, personally, dare I say, even been to Pride. Um, and that's partly because of lifestyle. That's partly because of um, having, 
you know, it's just it's just where I've been in this in this place, this world, and time, and everything like that. But you know what? I think it's really important for the community, and I think it's particularly important for people who who do not have the support networks around them, who who think and have been brought up in a world to believe that they are lesser as a human being. And I think Pride and other organisations striving to um, bring an awareness to the rest of the world that actually we are all just human beings and we have rights the same as every other human being whether they're black or any other um, uh, race culture or whatever does not make a difference to your value in, in life and and i think pride has delivered that and i think you know particularly at the start of, start of pride and you know what it represented back then was to normalize lesbian homosexual choices behaviors whatever you want to call them Whereas actually, you know what, we live in a world now where maybe we should be saying we shouldn't even need pride, okay? We shouldn't need pride to feel equal to everyone else in this world. In this world. And nobody should need anything like this, whether it, it doesn't matter what you're fighting for. It, we really are, we, should, we really should be moving on, you know? We, uh, and it is great and it's absolutely fantastic. It should be now moving towards more of a celebration and, I, you know, it is in places, but, you know, there are still countries in this world where being gay and being lesbian is against the law, okay? There are still places in the world where that is the case. And I think whilst that is the case, then we need things like pride to, 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 to bang that drum and to fight for those people. But I also think it's, you know, it would be nice if we could just be a part of the community. We shouldn't have to, whether you're heterosexual or whether you are gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender, or whatever label you go by, you should not need to justify that label to the rest of the world. Oh, you're exactly right, exactly right. And, you know, as a heterosexual cis male, the way pride has occurred to me is it's been the face of political activism for the gay and lesbian, queer, transgender community to really make a statement in public and force people to confront their bigotry and their tendency to otherize people. And so from my standpoint, I think it's sort of a very public face, but it's also really the source of a lot of political activism that has been very effective so far. And now is even more important than ever in a way because of the way the right wing is attacking the trans community, for example. Yeah, and that therein lies the sadness. The sadness is that we've, you know, at some levels, we haven't moved on very far. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've had this conversation before about about um, how evolved human 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 beings are, and you know, you can look at, you know, maybe just distracting here, but you look at the tech side of life. You look at how, how magnificent our brains are as human beings but we still fundamentally do not accept each other when it comes to something that is a life. You know, it's, it's, for some people, it's, this is not a choice. This is the way they are born. And who are we, as any other human being in this world, to judge another person for what they feel is right for them? You know, my only caveat is in, in life is if you are not harming anybody else, Okay, you, 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 we should not be doing harm to each other. 
or to the planet or any of those things. But actually, who the hell cares if somebody makes a choice about or, ha or, or feels the way they feel about somebody else? It is nobody else's business. And I, and I, and, and I, you know, I, 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 I just, I just despair at humanity that we're still having this struggle in whatever community it is, whatever part of the world it is, about things that are really nobody else's business. They really are. I, I, I once, I was, I was in the army at the time, and I was, I was uh, at, at a, an event with, and there was a guy there, and he said, you know what? And he was, a, he was a homosexual man, and he said, you know what his biggest gripe was is. Why are people looking inside my bedroom and making, you know, making judgments? And you know what? I, I, we don't we don't look inside a heterosexual person's bedroom and make judgments. So why should they make judgments about what anybody else is doing and how they're living their life? No, for sure, I totally agree. You know, I point the finger at organized religion, which has really been the source, especially in this country, of a lot of very, you know, aggressive hostility towards the yeah. gay, lesbian, trans community. But I think your point is exactly right. You know, people, it's not even, it's not even what's in their bedroom because that just reduces gayness to sexuality. But actually, it's really more about just being. People are related to the people they're related to. They're connected with the people they're connected with. They find love with the people they find love with. And so it's been really interesting to me as a kinkster to see this new identity that's been created lately around being asexual or queer or you know not normative. And it's really people just dealing with themselves as people, but outside of sexuality. And I think that's a very interesting phenomenon. You know, I, I agree with you. It shouldn't be about sexuality, but you know, or sex, sexual preferences. But it's always, it always comes back to that. It always comes back to, actually, when you look at it, um, what it, you know, how 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 people are behaving sexually with each other. That is the bottom line, and I I do not understand why. Because if somebody loves somebody else, you know, whether it's, you can go back years and say spinsters living together, for goodness sake, where people didn't even know what was going on. And it was accepted because they have the term spinster, which means just a woman who is not married, who, can, who is living in a, in a house with another woman. They're sharing each other's company. And, and because of, it has, of that label, actually, that was, pro that was probably okay. But but the labels that are subsequently you know born over these last last kind of recent years, it, all of a sudden it does become about something that as you you've said that you've mentioned religion and I agree with you um, I think there's a root cause in religion um, for for this um, attitude which is this normality is is categorised in a way that is, is heterosexual only. And anything outside of that is not normality. And that is so dangerous. And it is so wrong. I mean, you only have to look at history to see that how wrong that is as a, as a concept anyway. Um, and, and, you know, if you look at it from a psychological, by background psychology, you look at it from a psychological perspective. You look at Freud, who, who said he, everybody actually has, bi, has bisexual tendencies. And therefore, you could then... Go, go extrapolate from that. Well, actually, it's only about experience. It's about awareness and experience and opportunity um, that can make the difference between which way somebody swings or their attitude. Now, this is very basic and it's very, very 
linear in the sense that when I'm talking about um, either heterosexual, um, homosexual, straight, straight by whatever, I'm not talking about transgender, which is a completely different situation. And, and, and much more complex and very, very difficult for anyone to make a judgment about that at all. Um, so, you, you, and all the other, 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 um, you know, I, I'm an old, older person and I've, you know, please, if anyone's listening and, and you fit in a different category, forgive me for my, um, lack of, 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 of appreciation of the terminology and, and the categories because there are now so many different ways to describe things. We, what I'm saying is we shouldn't need labels. If you love someone, you love who you love, you you know, you love what you love. It doesn't matter. Um, and, you know, it's, it's still thank God for pride. We need things like pride, whether it's pride or any other activist group who is going to stand up against the the, the power to fight for the rights of people who have a lesser voice. Um, and that is a start point, but it's not the end point. And the end point has to be, we have to get at some point, for God's sake, to a, to a point of acceptance of, of people being who they are. And it shouldn't matter. I, don't, I still don't understand why it matters so much. Why does it matter? I, I don't get it. How is that person having a negative effect on your life? Well, if you go, of course, to the religion, uh, you know, and the religious groups and their belief structures, we, you know, all the, what are we going to do? We're going to influence their children. To, to, to take on something that is not, not actually how they feel, that's just downright wrong. And actually, that is actually making a, a criminal allegation. So, I mean, I really get quite passionate about that, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I remember when the conversation was about gay marriage and there was a lot of, there were a lot of mostly white men in this country who were opposed to gay marriage. And I just used to say to them, well, if you're opposed to gay marriage, don't marry a gay. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I look, you know, I, I, I'm actually, and, and at, this is, this is hot news. And so far as anyone who, who follows me doesn't even know this yet, but we're about to move to France. Okay. My, my partner's French and I'm going through a visa process at the moment where they do not accept my civil partnership certificate or my marriage certificate, which we're going to transfer next week. They don't accept it for the purpose of a visa. So I have to travel as a uh, tourist, essentially. And I'm, wow. married with, I'm married with two children. Wow. Yeah, so we're not talking third world countries. We're talking first world countries. You know, and, what, and you look at it and you go, actually, hang on. And I'm not pointing at religion specifically, but there's a very strong Catholic um, community, Catholic influence in France. Um, along, you know, as there is in many other countries in the world. So, yeah, I still have to go, mm -mm, I do think religion has a lot to do with this because, um, yeah, it, 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 you know, it, it just kind of reeks of that. But, yeah, this is like this is like in the summer. We're moving to France, buying a house in France. With, I have a French partner. We are, <laughs> the French do not recognize a civil partnership, not just actually gay civil partnership it, they, you can have uh, obviously heterosexual civil partnership now they don't even recognize civil partnership full stop so actually in in many respects this is not about um um gay per se this is actually about the civil partnership is not acknowledged as a um, form of marriage relationship full stop wow i'm su i'm really surprised by that i didn't realize that france was so backwards 
Yeah. Well, the people we're buying the house from are a heterosexual couple with a child who are ironically also in a civil partnership and they are classed for the purpose of the sale and the documentation as single. So as I say, this is not this is not bigoted in that sense. Yeah. It's just it's just the way. Yeah. So, I you know what what's that? That has nothing to do with pride. You know, I get that, but it just shows that I think you know we've got there's still a long way to go for many of these these uh, new ways of looking at relationships to become um, normalized. The context for social change always occurs in society with the population leading the government. The government doesn't lead social change. The government follows. Yeah. And it occurs to me that as a society, you know, we're sort of further ahead than we are um, as the law reads. Although, you know, when you have a very sort of right-wing government like we just had in America for four years, the government facilitates the other side. You know, they sort of, they make it so that social change is harder to implement. But the way I think about it is that conversations like this that are now available on the internet or through podcasts or, you know, on radio or on, you know, um, in the public square really will lead to the sorts of changes. And for me, Pride is like an incredibly important contributor to that because social activism is what makes change occur. And Pride is like in-your-face social activism. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, no, I mean, you know, this is the whole point, isn't it? That, yeah, sadly, and it is sadly, we still need Pride. We should have Pride should be a celebration of difference um, uh, and celebration of, you know, of inclusion. And uh, it, it still, unfortunately, has to carry the weight of, of persuasion um, rather than actually just acceptance and normality. I think that that's exactly right. And I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your thoughts as a gay woman with us around this question of where pride lives in the current zeitgeist and so thank you so much for taking time and coming on again you're very welcome you know and for anyone out there who's struggling still i my heart goes out and i you know we have to we have to keep that keep going with this this fight and for those people pride is even more important for us that can just still celebrate even though we have these you know minor struggles it's no it's nothing by comparison with some of the countries in the world where those ways of living are not an option you know, they, they they could be punished. They could lose their lives. My partner works in Africa, and there are still African countries that it, you know is illegal. Um, and so this is not, you know, it's not it's not simple. Still, there is a long way to go. So if we as a those countries who can lead in this way, I think we owe it to the to the rest of the world to, to keep doing that. Well said. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. 
Until next time, cheers. Thank you.